Descent into Darkness Season 3, our ongoing Call of Cthulhu campaign. I am Travis, and I will be your keeper. In the last session, we dealt primarily with the fallout surrounding the killing of Bertrand Merriweather. Meanwhile, Mr. Whitmire prepares to surround himself with hard cases, as you've just learned that someone has put a hit on you. Also, the indomitable Dr. Andrews continues to suffer beneath the curse of the Davermus Mysterious. But before we return to all that, let us first have an introduction from our investigators. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm playing Detective Jack Glover, currently on suspension for possibly two homicides now. No thanks to Justin. (laughs) I'm Brandon, playing Dr. Wallace Andrews, currently afflicted by a terrible curse. I'm Justin, playing Lance Monroe, who is on the verge of slipping into insanity. Mm-hmm. And I'm John, playing James Whitmire, who is under attack from, I imagine, Dr. Andrews. He seems like the type of fellow who would order a hit on a law-abiding <laughs> citizen like me. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll begin the day, a new day, Monday... The 22nd of August, I believe. Does that match up with your counts, those who are keeping track? Uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. So, yes, Dr. Andrews, you wake to a new day uh, with a dream of two trains running parallel to each other already fading from your mind. Uh, In the dream, you stood in one of the cars looking out the window at the other train, and in the other train is a figure wearing the same clothes as you, but their back is to you, so you're not entirely certain if it is you. However, you have some dread about this figure, non-specific dream dread. And just as they are about to turn, you wake up. And you have it only for a few moments, and then you pretty much can't remember it at all. Now, But you do have that dread from the dream still. That's the last thing to go. And it's replaced immediately by the dread from the curse. And you're kind of getting this sense now that you've been under it for a couple of days that... This might have a cumulative power over you in the sense that you're basically more depressed than you were the day before as a result of this curse, that dim, fatalistic view, these thoughts that enter your head against your your best desires are get, getting worse, darker in a way. But anyhow, your plan for today had been to review those research papers uh, that you're supposed to do peer review for. But since you broke the Sabbath last night, you will not have to do that this morning. But we can get a medicine roll to see how your work proceeded for last night. Okay. Coming right up. Medicine. Booyah. 
Mm. Hard success. Hard success. So the first in your slate of papers is on bacteriological methods of water analysis used by the American Expeditionary Forces. Mm-hmm. And already in that day's worth of work, you're, you think their their methodology is a little suspect? Yeah, their methodology is trash. <laughs> and, you know, you'll read the the entire paper, but even at this stage, you, you're pretty sure you're not going to be able to recommend it yeah. for publication. Just not good science. Yeah, I'm um, not putting my name to this, <laughs> I'll tell you that. But it's while you're skimming the work from previous night to ensure that you didn't have it all done, you're thinking about, because you remember yesterday you went to Father Singleton to give confession and maybe get some guidance about this situation. Yeah. And he had kind of asked you why you're even doing that in the first place or so concerned with it. But uh, nevertheless, he ended with the admonition that you should remember God the Father in your dealings with these things. And to give you some clarification on that, it goes along with the sermons he's been, he's been giving during Mass, which for Catholics is pretty short. They don't do a lot of sermonizing, most of it's ritual. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like five, five to ten minutes he would get up and speak about something. But the theme he's been hitting on a lot is, is how a Catholic navigates uh, the new technological world with all the scientific theories that are thrown up that seem to dispute what is in scripture. Mm-hmm. And uh, the things that he hammered home were, to a Catholic, you should, as long as you don't become a materialist, meaning that matter is all there is, you would deny, or, and you would deny the existence of God, as long as you, uh, you don't dispute the fact that, or you don't think that God and creation are one, and as long as you don't think that God is not responsible for all of creation, then you should be fine. Mm-hmm. No matter what you address, you don't have to deny, say, like the theory of evolution is a Catholic, right? So you take that in conjunction with his his admonition to remember God the Father, and you're wondering if this too lies in, is the will of God and is in his creation and not a part of it as you'd kind of been thinking before, but uh, that's just a little detail as a as Catholic Dr. Andrews to kind of frame it up for you as you're going forward. Okay. Now, we have the normal prearranged meeting at O'Lafferty's, but did you want to do anything else before that appointed hour arrives? No. Okay. Nope. So we'll pause you there and we'll see who else will make it to the Cafe of Destiny, because I'm not sure if everybody will this morning. So that'll bring us over to Detective Jack Glover. All right. Uh, yeah, I think I just finished getting dressed. And uh, maybe I'm rummaging through uh, parts of uh, my closet, like my, the closet me and my wife share. I'm looking for, I don't know, I think maybe I got an old, like, antique gun somewhere. <laughs> I, I don't want to go buy a new one, but my service pistol's been confiscated. You want to give me a luck roll? All right. <laughs> oh, what He's do you want? got a ton of guns just chilling. Oh. Maybe old service pistol, like like nineteen eleven or something. I forget. Sure. Yeah. If you if you want like the yeah the old Colt nineteen eleven. Yeah, like uh, it'll have like maybe a couple medals around it. I don't quite know my backstory or if I was even young or old enough to have served. Uh, yeah, I think you could have if you wanted, but it also could be say like your brothers or some, some like friend that, that you inherited. Yeah, older from. brother. He never came back. <laughs> we'll say that's probably what kept me from going overseas or something. <laughs> right. That's yeah. So I, you can, it's a one D 10 plus two. All right. 
for the damage, I think is all you really need to know about the stats base range of 15 yards, but you can fill out the rest. Then I'll uh, head on over, maybe uh, on a trolley or something like that, whatever like is running near the house, over to Olafferty's. Yeah. Uh, you actually had an, on your mail slot, you saw there was a telegram that had been slipped through probably early this morning as well before you leave for the day. Mm. And that's from the Essex County Sheriff Hooper. And he informs you that the title checks out in your favor. Uh, you'll get no more trouble from me. Stop. A little late there, Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in my inside jacket pocket and lock up and head on over to La- Lafferty's then. Yeah, and I should also... To frame up your day, you're operating under that failed pushed roll, which um, you were hoping maybe that a night's sleep wouldn't make the wink so bothersome, but it still is this morning. Oh, no. And there's a couple things like you had a tail in New York. What was, how'd that come about? You know? Yeah. And this guy, you know, Detective Bell said that he had heard, you know, when he first came to talk to you, that you'd been hanging around with these guys. Who'd you hear that from? You know, like what? There seems to be a lot I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that wink means something more. Whether that's true or not, you know, that's part of the, the failed push. But So you have that in the back of your head. And you also know you're supposed to give an account of yourself to oh, Logan this. Terry uh, this morning as well. I'll do it after breakfast. <laughs> All right. So you head off to Lafferty's, which brings us over to Lance Monroe. So you stayed up all night? scouring this book unable to sleep because of the yeah your shaken reality yeah i probably you know fell asleep at my desk at some point and dozed there for a couple of hours but yeah so there's some improvement uh to your state of mind from those little naps you got in there and you had been searching for charms or you know ways of protecting yourself Mm -hmm. and you find frustratingly that the De Vermis Mysterious is very much like the Liber Ivanus in that certain passages refer to other passages. And to even get a glimpse of the total sorts of protections and charms, other than what you found that has to do with the ritual, you would have to complete the the skim reading. That's like the meta term for it, which takes a few weeks in this case. So, okay. you know, finding... A list of everything in there would take some time. You do, however, see a section. It's a subsection of the Saracenic Rituals chapter in which you found all the pertinent information regarding this entity that you're dealing with called Wards Against Lesser Spirits, in which there are a number of symbols that are supposed to act as wards, but unfortunately the author does not illuminate to which spirits they ward against or even what he means by lesser spirits okay yeah if i like are they just scrawled uh symbols of some sort Uh, yeah yeah so just in my paranoia i'll (laughs) you know copy them onto you know some note note paper and keep it in my pocket yeah there's like two dozen of them uh you have a pretty steady hand at that sort of thing because it's not too dissimilar from you know, making arcane symbols from other occult writings. Yeah. But yeah, I thought you were going to start just writing them, them all over your, yeah. your skin. Carve, carve them deep <laughs> no, that's, that, that's what like the next bout of insanity will <laughs> cause me to do. But yeah, for now, uh, yeah, just have them on a piece of paper, keep them, you know, tucked in my vest yeah. pocket so that, you know, I have, I feel like I've got some sort of protection. And you also have a message that morning from your lawyer 
who says, what's your lawyer's name so I don't forget it? Fitzpatrick. He says um, that to stay in touch if, if you have to go speak with the police or anything, or if you're called in the court, obviously, but also you should keep communications regarding the incident to a minimum. So, you know, maybe just don't say anything is his advice. Okay. Uh, so is there anything else you want to do or just head on to Olafferty's? Nope. Once I've got my uh, pocket full of charms, I will be ready for Olafferty's. Okay. You know, stop by my museum in the morning, make sure everything is ready for the day, and then head on up. All right. Mr. Whitmire, you've been hiding out in a hotel, uh, waiting some guys that you work with in New York to arrive in Boston. And you did get message this morning, but it's not until just before noon that they arrive or are scheduled to arrive. Were you, because I know you messaged these guys and said you were going to be out of town. Were you um, going to lay low through the, the normal breakfast meeting? Yes, as I am still uh, unreachable out of town. Okay. So, like I said, it's a little before noon before one of your guys, kind of your right-hand man, his name is Robbie Orr. He's your most trustworthy fella. Most of the other ones, you wouldn't even really call them yours. They just, you know, they're there for whatever the take's going to be, but they've been reliable and you have a good working relationship. But uh, he knocks on your hotel door just before noon. Oh, uh, I don't know. Did they have uh, peepholes back then? Yeah, I think okay. so. So, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, like, check the peephole and make sure that it's someone that I recognize. Yeah, you recognize him. He's big guy with, like, Really built forearms from his time as a sailor, you know, kind of like Popeye in your head. He wears a, just a linen, a linen short sleeve shirt, shirt with suspenders. You know, he looks out of, out of place in this hotel, but, uh, yep, it's him for sure. All right. Then I'll, I'll, uh, unlock and swing open the door, big smile on my face and, uh, yeah, say, uh, Robbie, good to see you and, uh, embrace him. And uh, lead him inside. So he says, uh, boss, got the guys waiting in the warehouse we rented. So what's the job down here? Uh, I'll take him in so uh, into the, the room and close the door. Uh, so in the meantime, I've been trying to, to think of best plan of action. I, we, we've got, uh, so someone's put a price on my head as out here. And nothing new, but yeah, it seems to have piqued the interest of you know not just the normal people but uh i need to find out who it is right as uh, i don't think that uh i don't think it would be very it's going to be very difficult to get that information from somebody but uh there's a couple guys that i've got in mind and so what was the the name of the guy that was trying to uh invite me to the job oh lonnie yeah lonnie okay yeah so uh, basically um, I think that we start with him, right? As uh, get a couple of the boys to to sweep him up off the streets, and uh, you know we we question him, and then okay. see what comes from there. As because the only other alternative is rushing in this uh, this little basement uh, joint, which, as far as I know, only has one entrance, one exit, and I don't like our odds going into that thing. No, and you know, the boys are going to wonder what the take is on this one, but we can nab Lonnie. You tell us 
who he is, where he hangs out. Yeah. You could pick him up. So I'll uh I'll give him give him the address to uh to that little uh gin joint that I was at and if I know anywhere else uh can I roll a luck to see if I know anywhere else where he hangs out? Sure. Extremely successful. Nice. Yeah, you know uh I know where he lives, I know where his mother lives. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, all those guys were into baseball. So, you know, they they hang around places that take bets on games, you know, but they'll, they'll do gambling on anything. So they have horse races. So it could be the horse track. It could be, uh, what's the Boston field? I forget. Fen- yeah, they could be hanging around Fenway Park. Would be two likely places. In fact, you think you've probably been there with all those guys, you know, sometime in the past when you were in better standing in Boston. Okay. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll give him those, uh, addresses. I, and as far as the take as there's going to be some, uh, and I really don't have a set price. What could I, what could I spend on this? Cause well, I'll, I... I'll fund it if I need to. Right. But, uh, what I'm figuring is that there's, there's probably going to be some assets that we can take. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at your your possessions. So you have around 2,000 liquid cash, right, which is available immediately. And then your assets are kind of more locked up. I don't think you have – you have 700 that's really unassigned. The rest – like your assets are things that you own, properties you own. Like you see your car is worth 300, your investment into A&W, private detectives – you got about 500 in that. Most of it's tied up with the New York operation, which is wages. And that includes the loyalty of Robbie Orr. So you actually, like, you basically pay his yearly salary to keep him loyal, yeah. basically. And then, you know, paying a secretary's salary at A&W. But uh, if you're looking, it depends on, Robbie says, well, you know, it, it kind of sounds like we're skir- skirting uh you know, mob war here. And if that's what you want to pay the guys for, if if you want to entertain that possibility, then I don't know. I think you're going to need somewhere between 50 to a hundred ahead. Okay. If you got something that they can take, then, you know, maybe just splitting that up. will keep them interesting. I just, I just wouldn't, you want, want to, to go into a gun battle with guys that don't know that they're doing that or aren't paid enough to stick around. If, you know, everything comes up sixes. Yeah. Um, well, I can, I, I, how many we brought 15, right? Uh, you got, you got 12. I got 12. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. I, I could float a hundred ahead, right? Cause uh, I, I figure I'll end up making it up in whatever I take from whoever put this hit on me. Okay. Cause I'm who, not. So who do you think put it on you? I mean, you must have some sort of suspicion. Well, <laughs> uh, it, you know this this ain't something that needs to get around but uh who was that guy that i owed money to uh the one that i did the um, failed run for patrick yeah patrick patrick Ma- malone, malone. Was, uh is that that's probably who 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 put that on me is uh he he had me dead to rights uh you know last year but yeah i managed to managed to give him the slip but uh yeah, I don't think that he's all too happy about the last run that I had before before I had to leave the 
the country for a while. Yeah. And Patrick Malone has a, a reputation in Boston and outside of it. You know, he's one of the premier figures coming up in bootlegging. So, you know, Robbie winces a little bit when he hears that name, but he says, yeah, I think the, I think the guys will do well with, with those numbers. So I'll let him know what's up. And I'm, I'm going to tell him it's Patrick Malone we might be dealing with here at the outset, if that's okay with you, boss, because I don't want him to be surprised if we're talking to this Lonnie character and he starts dropping that name and everybody gets spooked all of a sudden. What do you think? Uh, it's probably for the best, right? Is, uh, weed out any of those that don't want to get involved in this sort of business, but I can't have this guy over my head anymore because he's already caused me enough trouble. Plus, I think this would be a nice addition to the uh, to the uh, Boston uh, bootlegging operation for us. All right. Well, I'll get the boys straightened out, and I'll see if we can track this Lonnie figure down. I'll let you know where to come if we if we pick him up today. All right. As uh, let him know that I'm gonna I'm not gonna I'm gonna check out of here as. Uh, but I'll be in in one of these you know three spots, and I'll I'll give him addresses. As um, I do want to go to go to the uh, the safe house that I had that Colt nineteen eleven. Okay. And uh, pick, pick that, that up. up. Yeah, and and maybe to another one that has the uh, that twelve gauge, just in case. Yeah. Right. He also mentions that the guys are all strapped, but. Uh, one of them brought us Thompson. Do you think we'll need more than that, or? Uh, I mean, I think that should probably should probably take care of it. As uh, uh, I'm not expecting to him to him to have uh, any inkling that we're coming, so uh, I don't think that he'll have very very many guys around him when we go to to pick him up. All right, uh, stay safe, boss. You want a guy with you? Yeah, as uh, I take one around with me. Just to make sure that if we run into anything, it'll be handled. Well, uh, Mo rode up here with me. I'll leave him. I'll leave him waiting in the lobby for you when you need him, unless you want him to come up here. Uh, I can meet him down in the in the lobby, as uh, and I'll extend my hand and also tell him that if uh, no, never mind. As uh, I was gonna, I was gonna tell him about <laughs> something else, but uh, I think we're good. Okay, so we'll leave off when Robbie departs and head over to O'Lafferty's where Glover and Dr. Andrews and Mr. Monroe have arrived for their usual breakfast. And we'll skip past the ordering and you guys have gotten your usual or something different today and you're all seated there to discuss the plan for the day. I'll pass it over to you. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, Detective? Doing swell. I've got a date later today that i got to go to, thanks to you. Uh, I wouldn't say thanks to me, but I understand. I'd say thanks to you, all right. <laughs> we can't have this conversation here, so we're just going to let it dead end. But... I understand. I couldn't sleep last night due to everything. And what I... happened? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, meeting with, uh, with Burton Merriweather didn't go too, too well, didn't go as planned, that's for sure. Oh, dear. Uh, you wouldn't have happened to have known a man by the name of Larkin, would you? Yes. Oh, yeah. excellent. You guys already know, so go for it, Monroe. Why don't you tell the poor doctor here? He's out of the loop. He's dead. So is Merriweather. 
I'll be puffing on my cigar and kind of nodding along. That's all my lawyer told me I should say. How did Meriwether die? I, like I said, that's all I'm <laughs> supposed to say. I can't say I'm sad Larkin is <clears throat> dead, but but you've got lawyers involved. Yes. So it's pretty serious then. Yes. Uh, and the police seem to be asking some weird questions about the Dooley Mm. That's right. Investigation. I Sorry, I'll reach into my coat pocket and a telegram from the sheriff says that uh, he won't bug us anymore. We can go into the property. It's fair oh. and squarely yours. Wonderful. Yeah. Especially now that there's no one to contest it. Yeah, I guess yeah. Merriweather won't have anything to say about it. Yes. Unfortunately, didn't get any understanding of backstory of the property or anything else that I'd kind of hoped to get from him. Mm. Well. So what, what new what new things have we learned? Well, um, <laughs> while everything was happening, I did go into a trance, and I witnessed the original covenant with these beings. Um, it was a little bit more complicated. There were a lot more human sacrifices involved. Uh, but some of the key pieces that uh, I can take away from it were that uh, there were amber objects, several of them, that housed these spirits. That That's what was trapping them. Uh, looking back at uh, the journal from Meriwether um, Sr., mm -hmm. uh, it appears that one of those was originally in the little golden sarcophagus that, that we had. And that's what they used to summon it and try and bind it to. Um, obviously they failed, but that may be something that we need to find in order to actually be able to trap this thing. So was it in the one that we inherited? Do we have, do we have it? No, it was not. Uh, the only thing we had in there were the Merwitter Chronic yeah. and, um, the yeah, journal in the journal. Yeah. That's an excellent story there, Monroe. Remember it. If ever this goes to trial. <laughs> Oh, I cannot forget it. You won't so, be spending a night in jail. Do we need more than one of them? Uh, no, it seemed as if each one was to a different entity. I see. Originally. I see. Well, I have not learned anything new from the book De Vermis Mysterious. Mm -hmm. And I'm not having a lot of luck translating it. Turns out my Latin isn't as good as I thought it was. Oh, um... How has the progress come on finding some glund fluid for the incense that we need to make? Right, that's our next hiccup. I had uh, Whitmire working on that, and yes. then he sent me a telegram and said it's going to be out of town for an undisclosed yeah. amount of time. So I've got Dr. Call looking into it for us. Oh, good old Dr. So Call. So we'll probably be able to acquire some under more legitimate methods. Doctor called us. Want to go out to the property with us today? Yeah, you're actually mm. expecting him to arrive and any he moment. He should be here any second. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there he is. Yeah, and he's kind of puffing as he comes through the door, and he has a, you know, like some hunting <laughs> clothes on with some good boots. Mm -hmm. It's like a, you know, like a, what am I trying to think of? Like when the rich lawyer goes on a hunting trip yeah it's brand new yeah yeah they're pristine and um he also has like a gladstone bag under one arm but he comes in he's red-faced and and huffing and he's like apologies gentlemen for the weight i 
got hung up this morning on procuring a shotgun. Many more options than I had imagined at first, but uh, I think I have something, according to your specifications, that will serve us well if any rodents spring up from the earth. Not to worry. Uh, Go ahead. Have a seat. (laughs) And then Monroe and... I don't believe I've been introduced. I'll stand up and I'll extend my hand. Jack Lover. Doc Cole. Pleasure to meet you. Yes. Any friend of of Andrews and Monroe are are friends of mine. Ah, I don't know if I'd say I'm quite a friend. I'll look at Monroe. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe one day. (laughs) So one thing I did discover is that unalloyed metal seems to be able to harm these beings, Hmm. which is why I instructed Dr. Call to get a shotgun with lead shot uh, just in case. I mean, it's the best I could come up with if such a being actually exists on the property. So unalloyed metal and lead is, you know, the first one that came to mind, but I seem to remember uh, Corbett having an unalloyed metal dagger as well. That's Uh, Yeah. I remember in real life. Corbett ring any bells or is it name long forgotten? Um, you could give, it's a little bit more esoteric, but it might've come up in casework you've looked like, over. So, so you like go law. for law. All yeah. Right. But perhaps uh, we could nope. find one of those as well. Mm-hmm. Um, There's got to be some sort of shop around town that'll. I can talk to Lamar and see if he's. <laughs> can help us find one uh he may he may already know where one is but uh if not then perhaps just a knife maker yeah it's just got to be you know what bronze or copper or yeah. even i think iron uh, yeah i think meriwether or not meriwether uh corbett's was iron right yeah yeah so yeah we'll just have to be very specific that we want iron not steel so do we think it's possible that this um what did you call it a gem or something? Yeah, it was a piece of amber with uh, something embedded in it, right? In the vision? Yeah. Uh, well, in the also in the description in yeah. Meriwether's journal is that inside this sarcophagus when they first got it, or at least according to to Allen, Marion Allen, the guy he was, or is it Bishop? I can't remember the last name. But anyhow, he said when they first got it, it had amber Inside, you know how, like in Jurassic Park, they have the mosquitoes suspended yeah. there. It had some sort of strange arthropod, which is anything from a crab to a a spider to an ant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was an unspecified species was suspended inside. So it's not. It, there's. No, it would be if you're thinking you need something with which to put it back in. You could all. It could also just be amber. You know, you don't mm-hmm. know. It doesn't really specify that you need something with a strange creature in it yeah. to begin with. But that's just what was there when they did it. But do we think that we need that exact one or that another one will work? Uh, if we could find the exact one, that would probably be preferable. But if uh, okay. it has been lost to time, then whatever we can find may be what we have to go with. Well, perhaps it's lost on the property somewhere. We could find it while we're out there that is a possibility although i am a little bit hesitant to actually enter the property same (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know i think another curiosity too was in uh, the vision of nephron ka of his meeting with this entity when he first got that container it was in with which akla was written on it it, Mm -hmm. there were 10 of these pieces right 10 
Right. Okay. And he was able to summon the one, but then the other ones were closed off to him and he never figured out mm-hmm. how to uh how to commune with them. Okay. He went on to he became obsessed with the shining trapezohedron from that point. Okay. At least it's they're murky when you go to think of them again, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I'll mention that yeah, each of them seem to be separated and then uh if you commune with one then the others are cut off. I'll be watching call during their conversation. <laughs> He's like what? <laughs> Arthropod. <laughs> so you're, you're buying all this gobbledygook? Oh, uh, yes. The uh, I understand that being you know relatively new uh, acquaintances of these men that you might be suspicious or I'm suspicious, uh, all right. skeptical. But I tell you, the, these men um, they understand truth, and the truth leads where it will. Mm. And uh, speaking of Doctor Cole, have you had any progress on? Obtaining some cerebrospinal fluid? No, but I have reached out. I think I could get us a cadaver. It might cost us a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, you know, there always is a wait list for these sorts of things, but we could jump ahead with the proper application of U.S. dollars. Yeah, um, let's do that. Let's make it happen. Okay, what are you... What's your spending level these days, Brandon? Like a hundred bucks or something? <laughs> Ridiculous. Two fifty. Two fifty. Yeah, I mean, yours would probably cover it if you want to. <laughs> yeah, let's <just> get <laughs> I can buy rich enough to buy a body without having okay. to keep track of it. He's got all sorts of uh, investments in stocks. There's this one guy going around um, Ponzi that yeah. is just making <laughs> making him money hand over fist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I figure with your level two, we should give you like a patent on medical technology or mm. something like that. Just has all this latent income coming in. Yeah, I invented the silicon breast implant <laughs> that are all the rage in 1920. But it, like you intended it for some other like yeah. random <laughs> purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He says, well, I, okay, I, I'll let them know we are interested. <laughs> Lighting helmets to help with concussive blasts in yeah. war or something. <laughs> Fluid body armor that's actually inserted into soldiers. Yeah. And then one day some guy's just like, hey. Wait a minute. You yeah. know what this sort of feels like? Like a boom. <laughs> so, shall we be going to the house then, gentlemen, to prepare the way? And uh, I got the number four bird shot. I wasn't sure. There were, like I said, a lot of selections. Hopefully that will work for our purposes. Yeah. That should be fine. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you guys intend, or when you guys intend to go up, but I got a little meeting I got to get to before I head uh, head on to anywhere else. Well, before we head out there, should we wait for Whitmire to come back? Do we want him to be with us? I don't know uh, when he'll be back. Does he, he just uh, take off into the wind like this regularly? It isn't Every the first once time. in a while, yeah. <laughs> I don't believe he's ever came through the front door at the lodge hall. <laughs> <laughs> he's always yes. just there. Mm. Yes, and uh, yeah, same with my uh, museum. He occasionally <laughs> just walks out of the back room and Yeah, your secretary me. was telling me about that. Nice girl. She is. You don't uh, pay her enough. She no. puts up with you. But one thing that we need to talk about, Monroe, is that I have to rid myself of this book. Hmm. Well, um, the curse is real, and it's only a matter of time. I can feel it when I wake up. It's like a cloud ready to 
I'm trying to remember. Burst open right above me. Exactly where I, I remember hearing it or reading it. Um, but there was something about putting those artifacts in a like a gold-lined uh, chest of some sort. Yeah, you were kind of doing some deduction based off of how it was kept. You know, yeah. that maybe because it was just a simple, you know, metal container that he had it in, that maybe the same principle as what goes into this concept behind the daggers and whatnot mm-hmm. would work at, at uh, keeping the curse. But it also could just be that he left it there and never interacted with it again. Yeah. And the sarcophagus thing that, that the murder is gold. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll suggest uh, we, we put both of the copies in, in there until we need to make use of them. Well, I don't think they'd fit in that, would they? Um, you could, you could fit them in there. It had one, it had one big book and then several, yeah, and then like a journal, journal and, and the key. Stuff, and yeah. The, All right, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, you could fit two books in there. Yeah. So, um, do one of you guys have the sarcophagus on you, or is it back at the? Um, that since I'm done studying it, it's probably back at my museum. Okay. But yeah, I'll, I'll say that's we the can, plan going forward. Yeah, we can head back there and um. Stop by Lamar's on the way back and see if he can actually meet sometime around noon to head on out there. That sounds wonderful. All right. I'll uh, put down a tip and stand up and straighten my coat. Nice to meet you, Mr. Glover. I'll be, hopefully, we'll be seeing each other late at night. Yes. Uh, Monroe, I want to talk with you for a second. Follow me. All right. Fair enough. As we're walking, you know, I'm going to be talking and I will apologize and say, I, I, Understand that what happened the other night was not uh, ideal. <laughs> uh, and I, I truly do apologize for you getting dragged into our mess. Although uh, I believe that uh, as soon as you undertook Meriwether's suggestion to join us on this, that uh, you were bound to be dragged into something deeper than you were prepared for. I guess you could say that again. <laughs> uh, you're you're going to have to tell me how you do that, though, one of these days. Because normally I dismiss 90% of what you say, but for some reason, you said that, and it just felt like it was the best thing in the world to do. I want to know how you do that one of these days, but before I go, I got something else. Uh, you were space, you were spacing out, and Larkin, mm. he was on the way out, Yes. and he looked at me, and he said something to me, and he told me to tell you. Oh. So I'm going to do that, and I'm going to go talk to the cops here. And okay. he said... That uh, the stars are almost right. Uh, first comes the prophet, and then uh, uh, something about chaos. Uh, uh, let's see. Then comes the crawling chaos. I think, and then something like that makes no sense to me. But I'm sure you probably know about it. Don't put the whammy on me again. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll walk on off. <laughs> All right. The stars are almost right. First comes the prophet, and then the cra- comes the crawling chaos. Yeah. All right. And then I'll head on off to the uh, okay. police station, give my statement. All right. Well, we will follow you over there. Yeah, so you, you're you well familiar with all the police stations, the precincts in Boston. Then you head to the one downtown, uh, which is where you usually meet with the reps and other people that have to deal with the police but aren't the police themselves and you know you come in and you're asking around where uh terry is and whatnot and they they say he's in his office he's in there with the rep they've been waiting for you all right good luck jack give him hell uh thank you (laughs) 
But yeah, so you, you know, you walk into Terry's office and he's sitting there behind his desk. He has, you know, like a big, heavy oak desk and he's got papers and uh, little filing trays on it. And across from the desk is sitting another fella who is your rep, Hmm. goes by the name of Mr. Stewart. Yeah, so this is kind of like a, when you get in trouble and you need a liaison between you and the police department, then this is the guy that acts that way. You know, <laughs> I take it I might know this guy too. Yeah, uh, yeah, you one. do. You, you as cops, you usually like these guys because they're squarely in your corner. You know, they they don't investigate mm. police themselves. They're just here to defend you, make sure you get uh, due process, right? Because sometimes a cop will end up on the outs with the rest of the force, and you know they just get steamrolled by the by the rest of the police. But yeah, so yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, I'll walk in through the door and I'll take my hat off and I'll. Uh, you know, like Sergeant, uh, Mr. Stewart, yeah. and I'll kind of wait there to be either mm. told to sit or yeah. close the door. Or... Go ahead and have a seat, Glover. Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. <laughs> Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. <laughs> what kind of trouble you keep finding yourself in? You know, we'll have 50-some-odd murders this year, all told, around. So far, you got two of those. <laughs> And uh, they might be justified killings. I'm not saying that's not the case. I, I think they are. I've known you a long time. This is Terry, by the way. Mm-hmm. I but, figured. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, have a seat. We've been talking. We got an idea. I'm not sure if you like the sound of it, but it might be a simple solution. You want something to drink? Sure. I'm off the clock, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So he pulls out a, a little decanter just between me and you. huh? Uh, oh, yeah. the word. <laughs> he offers some up to... Um, Stewart as well, and he he partakes, and he's like, "So, Merriweather, it's gonna be a lot of questions." You know, in fact, I knew his his father. I I had dinner with his mom and his father, and uh, when we're done here, I'm gonna have to drive out to Arkham and and tell her what happened, and uh, that's gonna be a tough conversation. So this is a little different than, you know, this ain't like sneaking a smoke from your grandfather's pipe. You know, it's a little, little more complicated. So what I was talking with the rep here. And I'm not saying this is what you should do, but it is going to keep some of the questions will dry up if it plays out this way. But it's entirely your call. But I know a lot of contacts in New Orleans, New York, California. You resign. You know, we put together a nice statement that doesn't acknowledge any guilt, uh, that talks about the pursuit of truth and justice, so on, so forth. And then, you know, I put you in touch with the people I know and one of those places is your choice, and you're back on your feet before you know it. About the about the pension, I'm not so sure. Maybe we'll be able to work it out. I know you've been going on a while here, which does make this option a problem, but I just want to put it out there for you to consider. Now, I know that might feel like backing down, and I'm not pushing one way or the other, so it's entirely in your court what you want to do on this, Jack. My, thank you, Chief. Or, Sergeant. I'd have to have a nice long talk with the wife on any sort of movement. Retirement doesn't sound too bad right now, though, if I'm being honest. When do you want an answer? You got some time. The, the hearing's not till. When is that set up for, Stuart? And he gives you a date. It's not It's not until, uh, like, February is when you're supposed to have your hearing on this. So you got, you got plenty of time to think it over. Given this new shooting, I'm, or not even a shooting, this beatdown, I guess. Well, it was a shooting and a beatdown. <laughs> I'm going to have to... 
I don't know. What, I don't know if we'll be able to get you off suspension before then. You know, they might not want to see you back on the streets until all this goes quiet. So you got some time to think it over, and, and yeah, of course, talk it over with your wife. And I just want to reiterate: I'm not saying this is the way it has to go. We we would miss you here, but darn wink in the back of your head, you know. <laughs> and Terry's always been a hard read, so mm-hmm. you know. Uh, just warms the cockles of my heart, Sergeant. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Well, Stuart is going to have some more paperwork for you to fill out. I don't think he's quite ready for that yet, so I don't have anything else for you. Just keep my nose clean, right? Yes. All right. That's the long and short of it. I'll be working on that. Yeah. Try not to kill anybody else <laughs> between now and lunch, huh? <laughs> sure thing, Sergeant. <laughs> All right, yeah. Oh, hey, could you, you know, and he hands you some papers he wants run down in the front to be copied or something like that, you know? Just uh, just drop that off with the secretary on your way out. Sure thing. Uh, Sergeant, Mr. Stewart, have yourselves a good day. And I'll put my hat back on, and I'll uh, start heading down. Okay. What do the papers say? Uh, they are just, for they're just reports, you know, just a statistical analysis. Nothing to do with you. Okay. When yeah. you, you, uh leaf through them but yeah so you're left with those with, the, with that option sort of bouncing around inside your head what does glover think of that internally man he's probably thinking that uh, he's got at least stick it out till retirement right i mean he doesn't probably really want to do this job anymore but if you he needs something to survive on i don't know and probably doesn't like the idea that sergeant's wanting to sweep everything under the rug essentially he's a scapegoat you know yeah so i don't know he's probably not in a happy mood i mean it's everything but right it's kind of like you know there's no acknowledgement of guilt but you disappear Mm -hmm. and yeah so it's it's pretty much in in all but name you would be the scapegoat yeah but uh yeah i'll kind of maybe be not on my cigar a bit harder than normal and drop those papers off on my way out all right. Okay, so we'll leave off Detective Glover considering the option he's been given and return to Lance Monroe, who you were at breakfast still with Dr. Andrews and Dr. Call when Glover left to go to an appointment he had. What were you guys going to do from that point? Are we going to chat a little bit more? And of course, once all the details are laid out, Dr. Call is a fountain of questions. He's like, what? Because you mentioned some things, you know, that there are 10 of these. Seems the most salient uh, detail that uh, came to my mind. There were 10 originally. Uh, I had, and I'll kind of launch into the vision that I'd had of, like, give him some of the backstory that we have um, about the book that we found that talked about uh, the story of the djinn and, and the, and, then say that I had had a vision after uh, contact with an extra dimensional being that placed me through the eyes of, of the person that had originally made contact with these creatures. And that originally there had been 10, but that was centuries ago, but that his brief contact with him had, had granted him such power that he, uh, he became a well-known figure in Egypt and his lineage had, had uh, passed that, kind of knowledge forward he had become obsessed with something else but yes originally there were 10 um and apparently 
Mr. Merriweather and some of his friends had come across one of these objects and had decided to try to summon it, and it went horribly wrong. I dare say this is the most remarkable thing you've said yet, Mr. Monroe, and that is truly saying something. (laughs) Well, stick around. I'm sure there's more to come. And I gather he attempted this when he was a much younger man, because the Merriweather I knew was cautious and reserved to a fault. Yes, and unfortunately, uh, it seemed as if uh, one of his friends had had been the one to drive this attempt. But uh, yes, he was one of the few that had survived the initial contact and was the last one still alive uh, up until his recent Yeah, what was the name again? I'm only picking this up by osmosis as you guys talk about it. I haven't yet been granted access to all the relevant information. <laughs> <laughs> and there, of course, is the unspoken request <laughs> to see all documents. and Test him to see if he's a lizard person. <laughs> well, uh, Didn't you already win? I think he handed it because he had the, the clipping, so yeah. you guys all said it <laughs> or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'll invite him to come along as we head to Lamar's and I went back to my shop to drop off the books into the sarcophagus. And so, yeah, we'll speak as we walk and make preparations for trip out. And will you be coming along to this Lamar's with us, Dr. Andrews? Yes. Very good. Well, look, my hand hand trembles a bit. (laughs) This is very exciting. Well, uh, I, I must state that... If you are at all concerned about your well-being, that you stop now. The last group that attempted to bind this creature, this entity, are all dead now. Many of which died immediately, and this thing has apparently killed many people since. So, I I must caution you and tell you that... Yeah, certain death is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Well... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Possible death is a certainty. <laughs> I no longer, you know, I'm a widow. I don't have children. I I think I am quite ready to die should it come to that. But you feel this that we feel now, gentlemen. This is living. This is what I'm here for. Very, very <laughs> true. Not to mention that the truths that we may uncover oh, have, yes, have yes. no value. The truth, no. of course. Very important. Just an adrenaline <laughs> junkie over there. <laughs> Probably robbing banks or stores in his off time just to feel something. <laughs> Anything. Dr. Colt, no, he, he's actually the, the person that's been killing all the hobos out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that, that's how he gets his rush. <laughs> all right. So you guys set off to Lamar's once again. Um, so Whitmire, you... We're up in the hotel after Robbie Orr left. Were you going to do anything while you're waiting for them to hopefully, hopefully nab Lonnie? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was going to go downstairs and meet Mo and uh, roll over to a couple safe houses. There was one to collect that 1911, another to collect a, a pump shotgun, and then right. uh, go to uh, go to a third, more of a warehouse. Um, Hopefully, and okay. that is where so, I I will wait. Is that's uh, that was what I had told Robbie is that I was going to be at one of those three when they find him. Okay, yeah. So 
you hit the streets with Mo, who is like half Italian uh, member. You know, he'll never be a made man. Uh, he's a quiet fella, but he does favor the satin or the silk suits that the Italians do. So he did bring that over. But you, your crew is kind of a mix of that. You got like half Italian, half Irish. You got two Jews and uh, even one Puerto Rican in your in your ranks there that you work with regularly. But, you know, Mo, he has these these old, what kind of pistol was it again? Yeah, but he carries those old German, or I guess like sort of new manager. German pistols. Yeah, they're, uh, and he has two of them that he always packs around with him, uh, which you think is unnecessary, but it's just a little bit of the flair that he, he has. But, you know, he's eager to please and uh, make make himself useful as you guys go around town and, and get your your pistol and shotgun. And then you end up at one of those safe houses, your choice, doesn't really matter. And then it's just a waiting game. So you're waiting on hearing from Robbie if they've nab- nabbed Lonnie at any point. But you can give me um, a luck roll as to the timing that that might occur. Yeah, I'll, uh, in the meantime, I'll be playing cards with uh, with Mo. Okay. Oh, that's bad. Oh. Be waiting for a while. Very nice. Not a fumble, though. Just a regular old failure. Yeah, so you're just... Just like me. Basically <laughs> passing time for quite a while there, so we'll have to move on from you and uh, head back over to Jack. All right. Uh, I don't know. Just checking in. Is there anything you wanted to do? Because you guys, I think, had spoke yeah. about meeting around... You know, after lunch, maybe to, uh, to uh, head down to the property. Yeah, probably if uh may pick up a couple uh or may pick up a box of ammo and fill out the rest of the magazines. Okay. Did you get all your weapon in there? Did I you believe so. Any yeah. other details? Okay. And then uh, I guess hopefully by that point, I don't really know if there's anything else I got to do. Okay. So yeah, I'd probably head on down train station. Right, and just wait for everybody to show up. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's so then we just have to deal with stopping at Lamar's shop, which he is not open today. Mm. Apparently, my uh, last encounter with him <laughs> broke him. Time to show up at his house. So yeah, I'll kind of talk to Doctor Andrews. Say, well, apparently uh, Lamar is under the weather. He had been acting a little bit strange after the last time I had stopped by. I'm not sure why, but uh, perhaps we'll we just need to go to a knife maker to see if we can find what we need. That's right, we need glen fluid too. I forgot about that. Yeah, it should be we should be able to find a place. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I suppose let's go to your home. To, yeah, onto my home or your and shop we and can drop uh, the books off. And put then... those books in the sarcophagus. Okay. So you um store those away in the gold sarcophagus and you don't notice any lessening of this effect that you feel, but it could be how just because you spit something bad out of your mouth doesn't mean the taste still <clears throat> lingers. Right. You know, it's hard to hard to tell. Yeah. But you're hopeful, perhaps, with some time and distance that that feeling will fade. As far as finding a dagger that suits your purposes, there's no no need to to really make a big mess about it. You should be able to find something. And Is there a chance that Monroe has one in his curiosity? I thought that he had, but I kind of lost track at who was getting unalloyed daggers last season so i'm not uh but yeah you can give a uh you can do your your archaeology role perhaps all right or you could simply do luck if you prefer for something that's your curioso 
I'll do archaeology. Ooh, apparently. Mm. So yeah, uh, succeed. So I don't know. Uh, before we went to Peru, most of my artifacts were from like little known cults and yeah, you had like religions a... around the New England area. Yeah. So. So you have uh, you just never had the full theme to put it out for display, mm. but you have like an old iron tagger that uh, was brought over by settlers in that area. So okay. some some Danish settler up in that area had brought an iron dagger from the old country with them, yeah. and um, it should fit your purposes. Yeah, so I'll uh, kind of find some way of carrying that around <laughs> where I'm not just walking around with a knife in my hand. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe in like a, a satchel or something like that. But <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, don't you carry like a, I thought you carried like a valise or whatever. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, so, yeah pack that up okay and then one stop for dr call to send off a telegram to his contacts about the cadaver and the willingness to spend some cash to get it as soon as possible Mm -hmm. so he sends it off and he's like i don't know when we'll hear back from him might not be immediate it better be (laughs) he looks hopefully at the my pistol (laughs) the person who (laughs) (laughs) sir Please don't shoot me. I remember. He's like, well, I I dare say that's all that I'll be able to do from my end. It's just a matter of time. So okay. it seems we are close to the appointed hour. Shall we go and scout this property again? Some more? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, while we're at my house, I'll grab uh, my 12-gauge mm. shotgun <laughs> as well. Yeah. I'm going to have to bring my shotgun. Okay. Does it? Do any of you guys have vehicles, or was it just Whitmire that was usually? That's yeah. fine. You can hire a car, yeah, car service, or just take cabs. I just mean, uh, go and hotwire my car. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think we need to hotwire it in this. Right, era. Just crank you know, it up. And honestly, go. I would be terrified that if we went to go get your car, you would just pop out of the trunk, <laughs> like uh, that uh, Asian guy from The Hangover. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he does sleep in some strange places when he feels he's when he's the, under threat. When the need takes. Okay, so to get to Ross's corner, you guys can take a train up to Arkham, and then they have a uh, bus that runs twice a day out to Ross's corner, one that comes in at 10 and then one that leaves at 6. So you guys would, if you're going to take the bus, you wouldn't be able to get there until the one that heads out to pick people up from six. Alternatively, when you get to Arkham, you could try to secure a car there and drive down on your own. Yeah, let's drive down on our own in case we need Sounds to make good. a quick getaway. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'm afraid my uh, money is all tied up in my museum at the moment. Do you mind uh, yeah. taking care of this, Dr. <laughs> Andrews? Yeah, I can. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Good man. Good man. Once again, car rental will be absorbed into your enormous <laughs> wealth. <laughs> if he ever survives a, a bullet on a luck roll or something like that, it'll be its billfold. Yeah. <laughs> All this <laughs> money <laughs> wadded together. <laughs> yeah. So you meet uh, Do- uh, Detective Glover at the train station in Boston. You guys take a short ride up to Arkham where you're able to rent a car from somebody there, or, you know, you pay them for the use of it for a couple of days or the day. And uh, 
And then it's the back roads, which Glover's familiar with, a bumpy ride. Who's the driver of the three of you, or, or including Dr. Cole? Oh, yeah. I guess that's a skill, right? Yeah, if no one has uh, anything more than default, I think Glover might do it. Okay, yeah, I just have the default, the yeah. 20. Yeah, we got default. I got default, too. It's just that he kind of knows the way. Yeah, yeah. all right. And uh, See, I'll get does it. Dr. Cole have? He has drive auto at 55. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, to him, yeah. he's driving. Oh, yeah, I did want to mention to Glover um, about Larkin's drug usage, just in case that needs to be brought up during the investigation of any kind, that uh, while we were dealing with him, we found out that he was a prolific drug user and uh, yeah, and could, could uh, call into question what he was doing with Meriwether when we showed up. Well, if I'm being honest, Monroe, it doesn't much matter when she pulls a gun on us. Very true. <laughs> but I'll keep it in mind. Thank you. All right, so Dr. Call gets behind the wheel, and you guys set off to Ross's corner, and he's always like, oh, I, when I got my first vehicle, I fancied being a race car driver, but I'm too old for that sort of thing. But I do go out and drive quite often. The, the wife, bless her, when she was alive, loved an afternoon drive. <laughs> so... Feel at ease, gentlemen. Mm. Oh, that adrenaline junkie at the wheel. Never mind there are no seatbelts. Never mind that the glass will shatter and cut us to ribbons. <laughs> if we get in a wreck, never mind that the steering, steering column will punch through me. <laughs> and God forbid we hit a deer at high speed, flinging it through the front windshield and paling us upon its massive antlers. <laughs> Mmm, such <laughs> thrilling adventures await us on this road. <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, that bad feeling, Dr. Andrews, will you give me a luck roll? All right. So it being 1921, it was probably a Model T that we rented. Yeah, something to that effect. Well, there's my luck failure. Hey, John, I uh, shared... Dr. Edward Call with you, would you like to make his rolls? Yeah, I could do that. Let me open it up. Sort of a different layout because that's the NPC layout, but. All right. First things first, he's got to test out <laughs> this shotgun. <laughs> yeah, you got the Winchester M1912 with the number four bird shot in it. Top speed of 42 miles per hour. Yeah, he's not going that fast because <laughs> it's a pretty windy road with potholes, but. At some point, I like to call the style of driving drifting. Do you think it'll catch on? <laughs> who's, the, who's, the, who's the front seat passenger? Well, yeah, I guess I'd be up there. Okay. okay. Yeah, you're kind of, you know, looking out just over at the countryside. This is new for you. And uh, there's a brief moment where you just see that front passenger side wheel just kind of go away from the car <laughs> before the car goes. You're not too far from Ross's corners where this happens. In fact, you went over a hill and you saw some of the, the buildings off in the distance. But yeah, so, you know, it's not too, there's just a split second where you watch it sort of peacefully roll off and down into a ditch. Hey, there goes our tire. Before the, you know, the car uh, suddenly off balance. So, uh, John, if you could, as Dr. Edward Call, give me his drive auto roll. Let's see how he handles the loss of a sudden loss of a wheel. Well, I warned him. I said, uh, I don't <laughs> hey, goes see. Wheel. Uh, oh, no. So I got if it you here. look, yeah, you just click on the, yep. Mm. Oh. oh, he did want to be a race <laughs> well, car driver. He's got to push <laughs> yeah, it. No problem. 
He just like pulls us up onto the left two tires and continues on. <laughs> no problem. He makes some quick move. Yeah, that puts him. <laughs> this sort of extreme driving was an art of my people back in yeah. the day. I did this before, I think. Yeah. So that's yeah. Well, actually, if you want to, if if you want to, John, you can play his reactions and stuff while we're doing this. So it's up to you. You don't well, have to. But he just remember he's he's a gregarious. Uh, wants to ingratiate himself with uh, this crew, and also he has a he's an Anglophile, and occasionally he likes like the English pronunciation of words or whatnot. So, but take it away. So what what happened as far as like how did he lose control? Oh, okay. So the the uh, so the vehicle suddenly you know sh- the it's not on four wheels, so it kind of he's going to make a turn in it. And it tips down too far on one end. So you basically corrected out of that somehow and rolled yourself to a complete stop. I'm just wondering what Dr. Call might say in such a situation. So he just said, oh, oh dear. That's <laughs> uh, uh, It's a good thing uh, that uh, we doctors have such great uh, reflexes. <laughs> Am I right, Dr. Andrews? <laughs> Dr. Andrews. Is <laughs> He's just too scared stunned. Stiff. <laughs> uh, don't you gentlemen worry. I'll I'll have this uh, going in a, a minute and it scratch his head. What did we rent? <laughs> Model T. Oh, okay. Was, uh, I think I saw where the tire went. <laughs> yeah. I saw uh, get out and start... Uh, yeah, looking around, kind of lots of hand gestures, even though there's nobody the else out there. <laughs> you can take a look. Um, once again, the spare will be left to a group luck roll, so that would be you again, I think, Dr. Andrews. <laughs> oh, man, it's just a dead cat in the trunk. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Got a hard success. Yeah, the spare is actually mounted like right on the back. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Does that include the uh, equipment, like a tire? Yeah. Iron? All yeah. Right. You I'll... got everything you need, so it's just a matter of time. Yeah, I'll roll up my sleeves and help call uh, with the jack, jack up the car. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you can't help but feel that maybe your situation had something to do with that, but it ends up being a minor inconvenience at best, thanks to the professional driving of Doctor Edward Cole. Yeah, well, I'll certainly not mention that to anybody. <laughs> But uh, we'll say your luck roll, what what comes into that is a little bit more than luck that you ensured that you kind of ensured that those sorts of things were in the car, mm. given what might happen. Right, yeah. You know? <laughs> like, if I'm cursed. <laughs> we're going to need a spare and we're going to need, yeah. In case the wheel flies off. So it's about, you know, like coming on towards dinner time by the time you get the, you know, after all the travel on the train and the road travel and the... uh Spare on the vehicle is about the time you roll into Ross's corners with its uh, its main general store as it's, you know, the main feature mm-hmm. of the main road there, you know. And you actually see in front of the general store the, you recognize it, Glover, the vehicle that the sheriff rode around in, mm. his truck, you know, with the equivalent of a sticker on the side, basically, <laughs> saying that he's the sheriff, but it's parked in front of the uh the general store, and he's just kind of leaning on the edge of it, mm. smoking a cigarette. Does it look like he's on, like, uh, do I recognize, like, cop on the lookout? 
or is he just cop taking a break? But I mean, okay. he does notice when you guys, cause when you pull into town, you're maybe going, you know, 15 to 20 miles an hour, but he, he does sort of wave at you, wave you over even. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is sheriff. Doesn't seem like a bad guy aside from his proclivities to assassinating hobos. <laughs> <laughs> we all got our hobbies. <laughs> yeah. So, take pride in them. <laughs> <laughs> so you being the only person he recognizes, uh, you know, he's like a detective Glover. Oh, man. What was his? Sheriff Hooper. Yeah, okay. Hooper. I should know because it's like Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> Sheriff Hooper, uh, let me introduce you to the uh, other owners of the, uh, what was the name of the estate? Or the uh, you could land. just call it the Merryweather okay. property. Of uh, Merryweather property. Uh, this is Mr. Monroe. Pleasure to meet you, sir. And this is Dr. Andrews. They're here to do an investigation of the property as well. You guys going to be staying long this time, I reckon? No. This late at night. I don't know if I want to be on the road. Uh, our tire just rolled off. We had to, think. thankfully, we had a replacement. Oh, yeah, that happens. No. <laughs> Got to be on the lookout for that. Well, you know, this may be a little presumptuous, but uh, if you guys are going to be spending any amount of time down here, I might, uh, or you might consider ingratiating yourself with the locals. We're fixing to... To go walk walk around and look for that McFurter woman went missing. Mm. So hmm. pair of eyes, extra pairs of eyes would always be helpful. Of course you don't have to, you got your own business. I'm not saying that, but if you got the time to spare, we could certainly use it. We're only going to sundown. There's no sense searching at night. Hmm. No, that's understandable. Uh I've had to do that a couple times myself. a uh, bit different. Not as much wilderness in Boston, but I'll be glad to join you if uh I can take my leave from my companion, Shah. Oh no, I think we could we could help as well. Yes. Um Sheriff, is there a, a place where we might be able to board for the night if we are out helping you? Uh I don't particularly want to be digging around an old house in the middle of the night in case we stumble across, you know, broken floorboards or things of that nature and horrors unimaginable to the human <laughs> mind. Uh, yeah, just uh go in there and talk to Ma Peters. She You'd probably be sleeping two to a room, but I think she she's still renting a couple of rooms out. Hmm. She's still got any of that aged ham? <laughs> I believe so. Ah. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go in there and set us up with a room. <laughs> Sandwiches? Yes, I'd be good. Yes, please. <laughs> I'll take my leave. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and so he's staying out there to finish up his cigarette, and he's like, oh, I surely do thank you gentlemen for sparing your time. I know. Uh, you city folk are awful busy, but we're thinking about hitting the south side of the milk depot and we're just going to march that way and then cut back around towards town to see if we can find her. I'm not expecting the best at this stage now. It's been a few days now, but got to try. Yeah. Oh. How long has it been since she was seen last? No, I'm trying to remember specifically. I think it was, uh, cause you checked like on Friday yeah. and that's why I think Saturday is when she went up missing. So a couple of days now. Okay. <laughs> Cases like a missing person, you know what they say. I'm not even going to repeat it, <laughs> but you know what they say. <laughs> so um, what are you guys planning on doing with the property all told? Do you, you think one of you are going to live down here or? Truth be told, I'm not sure we've decided yet. We still haven't even really taken a look at the property to mm -hmm. see what we could do with it. Yes, it is in a state. It will need some repairs. Hmm. Yes. But well, before 
we make a decision like that, we're going to have to banish a jinn that was summoned there that's been killing countless number of hobos, hobos. stacked up in yeah, a train yeah, depot. There, yeah, there is that. <laughs> I'd say that. <laughs> now we, um, yeah, but I'll just let Monroe do the, the talking. <laughs> the talking. Yeah. Go ahead and give me your appearance and or credit rating, whichever one's higher. Cole I'm the wrong person to do that. nearby. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him about the gin. All this banter. <laughs> can can we have Doctor Andrews do his credit rating one? I'll do my. If you want, but... you can. If he if Doctor Andrews is if he's like waiting for you to get in and you're still feeling a little off from your uncertainty if you're in the real real or the fake real, you could be very un Monroe like and be mm. like, well, Doctor Andrews, if if you would. I'm a little bit preoccupied, and I might get the facts messed up or something like that. No, right? I'll, I'll do the talking, but hopefully he, he doesn't base his decision solely on me because <laughs> my well, credit rating's crap and my appearance is not much better. <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. There's my credit rating. So he can tell I'm well-to-do, and I'll yeah. pull out a wad of money and shake it in you his know, face. I think that's kind of a good back point in my pocket. is that like luck rolls would go to the lowest common denominator, but I think like credit ratings would go to the highest and it would almost be like how everyone in like various fancy books think that the person who they think is rich yeah. is the person in charge and everyone else is yeah. like servants. Yeah. It's the same with the like attractive people. Like the oh, ugly yeah. ones don't <laughs> exist. You're, you're the one in charge. Well, he, he tried not to talk to Monroe. He kept trying to, when he was asking these questions, they were more directed towards you. Yeah. But, you know, Monroe's doing the talking, so his attention is constantly drawn back to Monroe. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you feel like he's not listening anymore, I'm which used you're that. used to. And he's he's all like, golly, that is a suit you got there, mister. Ah, yes. Um, yeah, it's all part of uh, my, my business in the city, and I'll pull out my flyer. <laughs> I hand it to him. I say, I, it, "Wait a minute! I found one of these the other day. It was in my wall." <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll uh, kind of play up my. my oh yeah, I saw, and... I saw this in in the general store there. Yes, uh, I was wondering where that came from. Yeah, uh, the the attire is just a matter of uh, drawing the attention to to myself, so that uh, I can draw attention to my museum. I, I suppose you got to make yourself a little bit more noticeable in a city. Folks around here, you know, they dress simple. Yes. Don't want to be, don't want to fall to vanity, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I never seen anybody wear anything like that. Um, <laughs> you are unlikely to meet another outside of a circus, but uh, living in Boston, it is a circus there, and. Uh, I hope to one day be the ringmaster. Not necessarily be the ringmaster, but uh, to uh, draw some attention through my attire to my business. Well, after I finish up my smoke, you can follow me down to where we'll start searching. Uh, it's a little rough at points. You sure you don't want to change out of that fancy uh, suit? I'm afraid I hadn't brought anything else with me. So. Oh, well, I'm uh, sure... Uh, if you have a, an extra pair of boots that I might be able to uh, borrow or purchase, then if it's that good, should be good enough for it's me. Good enough for Peruvian pyramids. It's good enough for <laughs> Sheriff Hooper. Is there dangerous wildlife in the area we'll be searching? Not uh, that I would worry about. Not with the group of people out there. You know, there's bears 
come down every now and then, but uh, they'll probably leave us alone since we'll be whooping and hollering. And Okay, well then in that case, I'll just leave the shotgun in the car. Okay. But I'll have my pistol and my, my jacket. Right. So, um... Oh, and my machete. <laughs> he, about the boots, he's like, yeah, I think we're pretty matched in size. I got some old ones if you want to want those. And he, he pulls pulls out from his pickup like a dusty set of cowboy boots, basically worn down at the hill, which somehow makes your suit even more ridiculous once you put them on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'll thank him and, and say, I'll, I'll be sure to return these at the end of the night. Oh, uh, yeah. You don't worry about it. We take care of our own around here, so. Well, and we are now part of your own as we begin to move into this new place. So it is my pleasure to have a chance to spend some time with the people of Ross's Corner. Uh, what's your credit, your um, spending, ca- your cash level? There we go, Glover. Uh, was it uh, possessions? Yes. Ten bucks. That should absorb the room and board for a night if you wanted to take it yeah so yeah i'll walk in get some uh <laughs> was the cowboy boots on his suit. <laughs> it's uh refreshing to play someone so sane <laughs> i remember when he was palling around last time i'd forgot what his sanity was and he, we had some sanity rolls and he just tanked them all mm, yeah no problem but yeah i'll go in there i'll uh greet uh what was her name? Were we calling her Phyllis? Uh, Mrs. Peters. Mrs. Peters. She didn't give you a first name back then. Hmm. The sheriff called her Ma Peters. All right. So, uh, Mrs. Peters, good to see you again. Uh, oh. I'll go over and... I, this ham couldn't keep me away. And I'll, uh, you know, buy some ham and all that, and, uh, and my companions will be hoping to, that uh, the sheriff said that you had some place we could board for the night. Yeah, I have a couple of rooms. Uh, how many are there? Uh, four. It might be a little more tight than you're used to, but I think you could manage. Sounds good to me. One of the rooms has the bunk that my uh, boys shared when they were growing up. Uh, as long as you're not too tall, I think you'll have to take the other one there, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the other fellows are on the smaller side. They should fit no problem. Or they'll have to sleep scrunched up, you know. Uh, excellent. I don't think they'll mind. Uh it's that or we got to stay at that uh, that place that they got. and None of us want to go through that yet. It's been abandoned for years. Yeah, I don't imagine it's suitable for habitation. <laughs> but uh, if you need some more of that ham, it's going to be a while. I, you know, cure it, my, smoke it and cure it myself. So, But I'll get some going for you if you're going to be around. Uh, I'll, my face <laughs> at that will go from like crestfallen to like, you know, back to being my, my jovial kind of squint-eyed cell phone. I'll hold you to that and uh, get some bread, some yellow mustard, go back out there and start making some sandwiches for our search. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you guys follow the sheriff around to the milk depot and he, uh, you know, you see some other people had arrived and we're getting out. A few of them even have rifles for whatever reason. Just sometimes people want a rifle when they're out walking in a field. But um, so you're all gathered there maybe with, you think a good percentage of the town's population, which is not a lot. And uh, Sheriff Hooper, once everybody's assembled there, you know, he gets out and he's like, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, march due south till we hit that ridge line, and then we'll circle back. Um, everybody's spread out now like you're hunting, you know, just 
make sure you don't lose sight of the guy to the left and right of you. And, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll find her. Uh, you know, we will find her. He says, you know, he kind of modifies that when he sees the, uh, the husband of the McFurder woman, you know, kind of, he's all wide eyed, sort of thousand yards staring everywhere. But, um, all right, let's get to it. Is this like, uh, any like wetland uh, area or is it all dry? It's all dry for the most part, but there, I mean, you can get into some marshes. Uh, their little uh, section of Massachusetts, though, is, is on a drier part. Okay. Yeah, as I'll hopefully be in the dry part, I'll try to, mm. to keep up as best I can with my limp. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly um, brush and forest that you'll have to get through and get thick in spots. All right. So you guys spread off. There you see, you know, people, they, they start in a group and they widen out to this big line. And, and soon enough, you guys really only see, you know, whoever's to the right or the left of you. So let's get a luck roll from everybody in this party. Extreme success. Oh, dang. Dr. Call. Dr. Call is, uh, <laughs> is definitely a me character is all I've rolled the rolled so far is extreme successes. Damn near critical success. Okay, Dr. Andrews. So you had um, Glover off to your left and one of the towns, people who live in this town, you know, a stranger to you off to your right, and you just see them as a figure. And you guys had gone on up until you got to this ridge, and then you cut to make a circle back around. And uh, it's at that point where you're at the ridge, the light... You have you think in your estimation just enough to complete the circle, make it back to where you guys were parked, and that would complete the search. So at this stage, the figures, because the the sun's down enough that they kind of just look gray, nondescript. I mean, you can make out Detective Glover because he's taller than most fellows, you know, even though he he hunches a bit. But you know, he's off to your left. But give me a spot hit when you you cast off to your right. You know, everybody's hollering, you know. McFurder. Yeah. Maggie. I um I was gonna ask though, before I do this, if I can see the silvery lines around people. Around people. Yeah, and yourself. Yeah, so I'm wondering if um like there's any cases where I see those but not the person. Oh, okay. If that makes sense. Like Yeah. If it's rising up into infinity. Right. Or not. Uh, yeah, it's easy. Like, so if you lose sight of somebody, yeah, there's a way you can kind of mark them that way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Spot hidden. Yeah. Hard success. Mm. Okay. So you guys were by this ridge and the, the ridge is forested and those trees come down a ways into the flatter part. And uh, you'll see that person, you know, pass behind a tree, disappear for, from sight for a minute. But it's kind of when you're looking up at those silvery lines, you know, you're kind of testing out that thought of yours. You you see it when he disappears. But when you look up to the tops of the trees above him, you see him kind of like lean down a little bit. But you can't see the force that is exerting pressure on it. But right above that guy over there, the trees are kind of almost like an invisible hand has settled on them. It's pushing them. And pushing them down, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't... I mean, there's no mistaking it for anything other than unnatural when you see it right yeah you can't you can't imagine what natural physical law would cause that yeah and it's a specific group of trees yeah yeah yeah. 
Um, so I'll shout to Glover. I don't want to go over there by myself. Right. But I'll say, you know, Glover. Because none of these other, I don't see Monroe or Dr. Glover. I mean, you could try to shout for him, but they, like, uh, Monroe would be to the left again of Glover. So he's kind of out of sight most of the time yeah. for you. And then Dr. Calls, you haven't seen him since you yeah. guys split up and so, got to the forested part. Yeah, I'll just call the Glover then, and I'll wave him over and I'll angle and towards those trees. Yeah, so... There's something weird about these trees. Glover, you want to give a spot hidden Let's roll? Let's take a look over here. Failed this last time. The trees were acting funny. Oh, I s barely see it this time. All right, so that townsperson comes out from behind a tree, and you spot what Dr. Andrews is talking about, where... Because when you got there... You know, you didn't see the the force occur, so it was a little difficult to see what he was saying, but it moves. It's like it slides across the treetop, almost like it's stalking the progression of this townsperson. Whatever force is being exerted, it sort of glides behind them a little bit. Mm. And then into the branches, you kind of see him part in a strange way. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, like m m my one good eye will be kind of wide. <laughs> okay. And uh, I think I might have, like, subconsciously, like, uh, unbuckled the uh, the button on my holster. <laughs> right. <Okay. laughs> I just kind of thumbed it open real quick. But I'll take my cigar from my mouth and kind of scratch my head. I think this is more Monroe speed. Yes. Dr. Andrews. Absolutely. we got to get him over here. All right. Keep an eye on him. Okay. All right. So as Glover goes to alert Monroe and you keep your attention on what's occurring here uh, suddenly you see the force whatever is you know causing these trees to bend the branches to part that stops occurring and you know they flap back together waving a little bit before they settle but then that figure you were watching the person this townsperson it was a guy you know middle-aged uh, he suddenly stops in his path and like his arms go up like this and he almost does sort of a, a comical like two-step shuffle before he just lurches over soundlessly collapses to a you know just a crumpled form on the forest floor okay um at that point you know like while that's occurring you've caught with monroe and uh john as you're playing through the eyes of D Dr. Call here, you might have been paying more attention to Monroe than anything else, because you see them, you see Glover come up and, and uh, chat with Monroe for a minute, but you don't know what they're saying. But anyhow. Well, yeah, so I'm... I'll take off at a dead run then towards the guy who collapsed, and I'll shout, you know, for Glover to, you know, double time it with Monroe. Yeah, so you might be, you know, mid-alerting Monroe to what you guys had witnessed. Yeah. And uh, you hear a shout from Dr. Andrews. Yeah, so I'll be I'll, you know, Monroe, Monroe, and I'll kind of get up to him and be like, there's something, something weird going on with the trees. Andrews pointed out to me. Hmm. I didn't see anything, but uh, we're figuring it's more. And then probably Andrews yelling by that point. <laughs> yeah. There's something strange in the neighborhood. Well, that's why we're here. <laughs> that's what you yell? <laughs> it, with him yelling, and I'll, uh, I, yeah, I'll go up to Monroe and Glover and uh, ask uh, if, did they find her? 
Well, that doesn't seem to be what Andrews is yelling about. Uh, what did you yell? Can I make out what he's actually yelling? I just yelled for Glover to hurry up. Right. Yeah, he's yelling for Glover to hurry. But meanwhile, Andrews, you're hustling over to this collapsed form. Yeah. So this this man, you know, like I said, middle-aged, you know, he's uh, grade early, just collapsed forward. So Yeah, so I'll go up and do like a first aid or a medicine or what? What do you think? Yeah, see? well, when you roll him over, you see it's completely unnecessary because, you know. Scooped out. Sightless eyes look back at you and he has a, a hole with a too smooth, you know, opening oh, in it. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's kind of what was described to you by Whitmire and Glover the other day that occurred to these vagrants. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the dude was probably dead before he even realized it. But I didn't see what did it. No. Yeah. Okay. But you can give me a medicine roll when you look it over. It's bleeding profusely. So yeah, you, you're you pretty sure that the, the heart is missing. Mm-hmm. At least the heart. Yeah, so then I guess at that point I'll look over to the other side, the nearest person there. Right. And I'll shout at him to get the sheriff. Yeah, because your shout had alerted the one who was beyond that. So he starts heading your way. And uh, also these guys would arrive, which I think everybody is immune to this sort of thing, except for Mr. Monroe. Oh, goody. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's uh, crazy right now. All right. And who didn't get a good night's sleep. Sanity? Yes. Uh, penalty or bonus or anything? Just the normal roll. All right. Wow. That was, <laughs> yeah. That was doomed. Dang. That was, yeah, close. <laughs> Oh, that's a D6 sanity loss. And instant insanity, too. Jeez. Mm. Yeah, that, that puts me into a permanent state for the rest of this, doesn't it? No, you you could lose six more points before you are indefinitely insane. But it does provoke another temporary bout of madness. All right, Mr. Monroe, so you see this person that's been killed by unknown means and your mind already on edge, already on uncertain of what is real just snaps and it's in that moment where the flight fight or freeze mechanisms of the various personas that you know are somewhere in your subconscious kind of all react at one time and they're all grasping for control and uh so if you roll a d10 for me see how long this will go for Mm. nine rounds (laughs) And uh, I added, it should be in your macro bar. I'm not sure what it will appear on your screen. Mine's on the bottom. But I made a macro called Persona, if you want to roll that a few times for me. I don't see a macro. Yeah, scroll up a bit. It'll be in the... Oh, over there. Okay. In the chat log. Okay. So that one? Yeah. Hit it three times. We're going to see who's able to grab a hold. Is anything happening? Mm. No, are we uh, just... about to witness the rise of the Black Pharaoh again? <laughs> I see Hopefully. a persona table. Is that who? Uh, is that what you'd want to read? Or well, roll? you can you can roll from the table if you want. I was just trying to make it nice and pretty in the macro, or I can roll it from my macro, which evidently didn't work. If you'd like, I can just roll from the persona table. Yeah, go for it. One, two, three. <laughs> roll again for that last one. We're not going to have double the James Whitmire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bertrand. All right. Nice. Okay. Right. So if I can get a power roll from Jack Glover, Jimmy Whitmire, 
and I will roll out Bertrand Merriweather and one from Monroe as well. I don't know if uh, Whitmire will make an appearance out in the field today. Looks like Monroe wins. Oh, I didn't see the uh, was it uh, Merriweather's roll, so he might have might have powered. Just us means that uh, Whitmire should roll twice. Mm. <laughs> Whitmire takes this opportunity to roll power instead. Okay, yep. so uh, <laughs> so we'll go Monroe first. So you have a, that round, that first round to realize what's occurring. You know, your your suddenly crowded head seems loud with voices all clamoring. You know, impulses even right, but they kind of manifest as vo- voices like, "What should I do in this situation?" You know. So they're all clashing, but you feel it coming. So you can do something based off of this this force that's about to descend on you, if you wish. Hopefully minimize the uh, <laughs> fallout. Yeah, I'll uh, quickly look at uh, Detective Clover and say, do you have your handcuffs? Luck roll? Uh, sure. Uh, he left him on his Gosh. wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say what happened to me at Merryweather's is about to happen again. Handcuff me so I can't harm anyone. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. And yeah, I'll quickly put my hands behind my back so that he can handcuff me. <laughs> More worried about no. what you shed back there, though. <laughs> Take Monroe. him down hard. You don't want him speaking. Oh, yeah, I'll handcuff him. I'll take out his. I'll take his bow tie off. Okay. And just either gag him somehow with it, stuff it in his mouth, or tie it around his head. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you out just, of, and then I'll push him out of sight, hopefully, from the <laughs> before the frickin' sheriff gets here. <laughs> yeah, you got that. The other stranger, the other townsperson who was walking up to see what you guys were doing gathered around this corpse. He's like 20 yards off, still heading in your direction. Yeah, as, as uh, I start to descend into my madness, I'll, I'll say, just tell them that I have PTSD or shell shock uh, from the war. <laughs> Yeah, you got it. <laughs> so, for your part, Andrews, you were looking at this corpse knelt down in front of this recently deceased person, and you're hearing that commotion going on behind you. Uh, what do you plan to do? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I can do for this man, and um, you know, maybe I could. I mean, maybe I could put um, Monroe out, give him a sedative. Yeah, that might work better. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll take my medicine bag and I'll stab him in the eye with a sedative. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Glover, you were strangling a man. You wanted to, or that was your plan anyways, or beat him with something. That You were in a in a room. Mm. You were going to do that, but um, now you're not in a room. In fact, now you're looking at you. You're looking at yourself, spitting image. <laughs> And, you know, you just move in your hands. You realize you can't. You're, you've been restrained. Did you go in the front or the back? With Behind. The okay. Yeah. And uh, there's something in your mouth. But there's another guy, uh, Dr. Andrews. You were introduced to him briefly, coming at you with his syringe. What, is, what do you do? Man, I guess I'm going to use my superior size that I just, I'm used to. I'm going to try to put my shoulder in him. Okay. Get, get out of here. Whatever is happening, that that's not me, first right. off. And then Dr. Andrews, I barely know, so... Yeah, it's time. Uh, maybe they've kidnapped me or something. Yeah. Yeah. This could be a mob hit. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, Monroe, since it's your physical stats, you're trying to uh, just nudge 
some them out of the way so you can make a run for it basically so so a strength check that sounded like the angle strength or size i'd say right or size yeah oh, yeah i'd go for size being me that's probably what uh, jack relies on yeah so okay. size check <laughs> Yeah, hard success. Oh, nice. oh you're kind of big. You, are you wiry? <laughs> um, yeah, so he's kind of yeah, round, yeah. wasn't he? He's pretty tall. Uh, he's got a little bit of a portly belly, mm. but yeah. Okay, so for you guys to uh, you know stop him from getting around you, you can you have to succeed on a brawl roll to get a hold of him. So both the Jack Clever, that is not the Jack Clever Monroe Monroe's head, and Dr. Andrews would have a chance at that. Yeah. Surprise. I'm not good at brawling. So here we go. All of us. Oh, nice. So you need a hard or better. Nope. All right. And then we'll give Dr. Call. Uh, you still got his character sheet open, John? Yep. We'll give him a psychology roll to get like a read on what's going on here. Because you were still coming up being the nope. furthest one away. <laughs> this is confusing <laughs> as hell. <laughs> so a cuff These Monroe guys are streams. as crazy as everybody's been telling me. <laughs> Fascinating. You know, breaks away from from the two men and, and he runs by you before you really have a, uh, by Dr. Call, before he has a chance to figure out what's going on. And you, uh, you start booking it, Glover. Yeah, Mr. Monroe, Glover. what is wrong? Which way are you heading, towards the ridgeline or... You can see some twinkling, the lights in the distance, you know, Warm as the sun's going Warm smell drifting up through the air. All right, yes, um, towards the lights, okay. but he needs to try to get out of these, or I need to get out of these handcuffs. Do I know any sort of potential trick or weakness to handcuffs that might help me get, get out of them? Ooh. Do you keep like a spare key on yourself somewhere that you might try and reach but for? You wouldn't, you wouldn't have it, but yeah. yeah, you might try to reach for it, you... Well, I'm going to look at that suit. And, yeah. And, and, <laughs> this must be some sort of shaming tactic. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, like, normally to break the cuffs, I would put it at the hard level. But if Monroe can, we'll say, you know, if you if you come at it just the right way, you know, it's more about the leverage, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if you get it down and, like, pull up, I think it's that's how those cuff breaking guys do it. All right. Uh, yeah, you know that it can be done. And but, he, but he needs to get, or I need to get to. You need, I need a, a moment break, to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, so the first thing is running. So is anybody going to give chase? Oh yeah. We can't yeah. let a crazed Monroe out in the wild like this. <laughs> All right. So uh, get a Constitution roll from everybody involved in the chase. So I use my Constitution. Oh, yes. Okay. Hey, you're not here, Whitmire. <laughs> yeah, Apparently, yeah, but, the uh, panic has. Uh, Doctor Call is, and he was a uh, he was a first round uh, pick at uh, in his <laughs> community college or whatever they have back then. Yeah, I could see him being like some sort of uh, what it be? Would it a rugby early football? Yeah, yeah. It was so a failure before for you my guys horse getting... accident. <laughs> before you, for you guys that are giving chase, it just removes one from your movement speed. Uh, so if you pull that up and tell me what you got. Uh, four for Dr. Call. <laughs> okay. Yeah, where do you find movement? Uh, I think it's in your combat, maybe? Wow. Yeah, so seven. Six. Seven. Six, seven? Yeah, seven for me. Okay. So, because your moves come in at lower at, what's Monroe's move? Seven. So we got a six and a seven? 
Mm-hmm. And you're the seven. Mm-hmm. So you're. Oh, the, dude, he shouldered me in, yeah, the, in the right spot. Right. <laughs> he, he knocked the wind out of you a little bit. And uh, I mean, Dr. Call gives a half hearted attempt, but then he just flaps his hands at the the foot <laughs> chase <laughs> after a minute. And uh, yeah, you're kind of gassed and, and Monroe's taken off like a streak. But Andrews manages to keep up behind him. So, uh, it's probably all that coke Andrews does. <laughs> he's, he's still got the syringe in his hand, just wildly chasing me through the wants forest. to give this shot. Take your medicine. Yeah. All right. So he's, um, broke for the tree line, like out of the tree line that you guys were in towards yeah. some lights in the distance. And, uh, you can see that he vaulted over like a ditch that was at the edge of this field, pure adrenaline or, or something like that. But he's, he's ahead there. So, Basically, you get an action you can take. You can close the distance. You could draw your weapon and try to shoot him down. Whatever you want to do. Dude, but, this uh, is a perfect opportunity for us to rid ourselves of him. Yeah. <laughs> or you just can try to close the distance. But you I will like have him. to navigate over, you know, uh, if you take the ditch more carefully, you're going to lose a little ground on him. So if you want to vault it like he did, you can. All you need is a dex roll or jump skill if that's higher. All right. Let me see if I even have. GM. Look, if Indiana Jones can do it, I think Dr. Andrews can do it. Yeah, and I've been in a pyramid. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm guessing... Okay, so yeah, it'll be Dex. Okay. Mm. Push it. Yep. You saw you had to slow down because it was a little bit... There's some some uh, old fence posts like in a pile, and, and so it, your good trajectory was sort of messed up. But you yeah. You just think you might clear it anyways. Yeah. Now you might take a little... A little damage on a bad fall if you fail to push. Okay, yeah, and so push is just another roll. Yep. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're failing in all the right ways today. All right, so you land on this. You weren't correct in your assessment that you clear it, so you land atop it, and it was sort of stacked haphazardly, and it gives away. And uh, just yeah. roll, um, we'll do a D3 for. We've done that in real life potential damage mm. so three points of damage you feel a sharp pain in your you know in your ankle run up your shin you don't think you broke anything but you had to stop for a minute so you didn't really gain any ground on him okay all right glover and you're there's pretty much no getting back into this for you once they've gone on away so. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> shift to preparing for covering monroe's ass and explaining yeah. The corpse. <laughs> yeah, so. so by now that guy, the other town's person has walked up and he's like, Dear God, what happened? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, stay back. Animal got him. Just stay back. Uh, I think he's dead, though, but stay back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can see he was shocked. He took a minor sin hit to seeing that, uh, so he's just willing to take your direction for now. Wait for the sheriff. Go get the sheriff, in fact, if uh, you know which direction he's at. Alright, so who was next in our list? <laughs> then I'll kind of like take a big deep breath and then just light my cigar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys got the devil in them. <laughs> More than you know. Alright, so the Mary Bertrand Merriweather persona comes to the fore. When it comes in, he realizes he's in Maybe you can give him some direction here, John. So he realizes that he was in the fight of his life with 
with one of these guys. He saw it as father's real will reading, you know, one of the, the psychophants and, you know, the hanger honors and whatnot. And uh, you're running for some reason. You're in mid stride, you know, but you got your wind. You're doing good as far as that goes. You got your hands cuffed behind your back and you're trying to work something that's been stuffed in your mouth, out of your mouth as you're sort of taking in breaths there. But when you glance over your shoulder, you see, uh, you think his name was Dr. Andrews. I think that's what the name was at the will reading, but you're not sure. But you did see him there, and he's chasing you. Needle in hand. <laughs> yeah. He's he's brushing himself off, but he's going back into, like, running after you. What do you think Meriwether does, John? Well, he, he has to keep going. Because obviously there was... Something happened that uh, this Andrews fella didn't get what he wanted out of my father, and mm. now they've kidnapped me and restrained me, and I've escaped. So it's pure, pure uh, escape mode here. Okay, so you keep running. It's he's coming up on uh, some of these buildings. So you you run by a little shed, and uh, we'll move. Look up over for here. something that's uh, that's big enough to maybe have multiple exits or more than one okay. exit so that I can try and and lose them, uh, hopefully lose them while they search for me inside. How close are we to the train depot? You're, you were luckily on the opposite okay. side of town. So you Okay, so Dr. Andrews, you're going to keep going after him? You haven't lost him yet. You lost a little ground. You might be able to... Yeah, I'm going to manipulate the strands of time mm. very nice oh, no now you're gonna look like the freaking terminator <laughs> chasing after him. i hope it's the merryweather or the whitmire persona that gets terminator <laughs> <Dr. Andrews> <laughs> <laughs> all right so you crook your damaged hand and pull on these strands that you know have a relationship yeah. now to how fast you're able to move it, it condenses time somehow maybe and uh, you see up ahead as uh, the effect takes place, you know, Monroe kind of slower and is running. Uh, but how much did you want to spend on it, magic points and sanity-wise? Well, I mean, I, could I catch him in one round? Um, how? What does it add to your move, according to the spells? It adds two to the move rate and increases my dex by 50. You will catch him in the round after. Okay. Yeah, but it is a pretty significant amount. Like, you tear up that field once it's going. Yeah. And you're, like, right behind him as he's going around a, a little woodshed. Yeah. That's on somebody's property. Yeah, but, so I'll keep it going for the two rounds then. Okay. All right. For two magic points and two sanity points. <laughs> All right, Clever, go ahead and give me a... No, they're not far enough away yet. So you saw Andrews go down. This is you can just file this away for Glover's personal information. But when he gets up, you know he kind of he's like ah he, he's on. I'm picturing him in like white dress shirt with like a vest <laughs> and maybe a hat. Yeah, <laughs> but when he takes off running again, it's unreal, right? <laughs> to witness, you know, it's it looks he does, like those talkies where yeah. or not the talkies yet, but those movies where they kind of <laughs> speed it up, right, right? Yeah. Well, it's um. Like, you can imagine somebody running that fast, some sort of athlete doing track and field, but you didn't see that coming out of Dr. Andrews, you know, but suddenly he's he's just chewing up the ground, and he's uh, right on Monroe's tail. <laughs> Whitmire. Did you want to do anything, though, Dr. Andrews, or just watch in disbelief? Oh, yeah, I'll just... Or, sorry, 
puff on my cigar and (laughs) kind of squint my eye at it. You're you're probably starting to wonder what the heck did I get myself into? One can make me do things I don't want to do, and the other is some sort of (laughs) speed freak. Well, <laughs> maybe maybe that's possible. The uh, all the coke that he's always ingesting. <laughs> we we should probably really think about doing something about that legally. He just went went down for his speed shooters of coke. He keeps. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, Whitmire. This is the Whitmire persona, uh, which rewinds the clock again to your meeting in Peru with Monroe. Uh, about all these artifacts you guys had hustled out and uh do the personas not um they don't share the memory the memory goes back to when mm. he used the power on him right so okay. you don't know anything about this this uh anything that's happened since then right well i guess it would yeah i was gonna it say, would share the memory because that's added on to it you're right so i think the last thing like is him backing away from a corpse he's bitten into <laughs> right or something? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah the last thing you remember you're pretty sure you were biting into a corpse, although you didn't want to believe it. And the only proof you had was the taste of blood in your mouth. But uh, before that, just before that, you've been talking to Monroe, and he, he kind of, like, normally it was hard to pay attention to what he was saying, but when he started talking that time, you, you really had no choice but to pay attention. And uh, so anyhow, Whitmire, you find yourself running. Your, your hands are behind your back, cuffed there. You've been in those a few times. You know what that is. There's something in your mouth. And when you look over your shoulder, you see the terrifying <laughs> appearance of Dr. Andrews moving fast, more fast than you think he should. What does Whitmire do? You're by a woodshed. Uh, just looking at how fast he's moving, you don't think you're getting away from him. Well, lucky Sorry. for me, I know how to break out of cuffs. So as I'll uh, hit a, can I use locksmith to try and get out? Yeah, go for it. I'll say, you know, like some uh. trick. Uh, I'll uh, push it. I'll push it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because I slip my wrists on it if I fail. <laughs> Dies. Break all the palm. sharp <laughs> sharp edges, right? So yeah, like a magician, you you work those cuffs open and they clatter to the ground. He spent the whole summer dislocate <laughs> learning how to dislocate <laughs> yeah. and relocate his thumb. Yeah. All right, so now that I'm out of cuffs with my hands. and I can, oh, uh, that's the fun part. <laughs> and I can actually move. I'll uh, I'll crash into this shed and uh, and try and barricade myself. I'm not sure what I did to to Andrews, but uh, the <laughs> fact that that uh, he's after me like that, I figure he probably knows that uh, for whatever reason I. I bit I into... guess you don't even know oh, Doctor Andrews, okay. so it yeah. would just be just a strange... this guy with a syringe, <laughs> yeah, and a desiccated arm, <laughs> uh, yeah. Was, uh, whatever it is, uh, put something between me and it. Yeah. Well, you guys had, you know, there had been an attempt on one of your party's life in the hotel. Oh, this is probably the another details, kidnapping. They, they had weird you know, physical deformities or something. So, you know, maybe that's one of these guys that's coming after you now. Somehow they just run very fast. (laughs) But yeah, you get in there and you can start. You know, with the time you have, you don't have another action, so you can't actually barricade it, but you could try to brace the door from the inside. Yeah, with myself. Because that's what I'll end up doing. Give myself a minute to think. All right, Dr. Andrews. You saw him go into the... The woodshed, and okay. he closed the door, 
And uh, what are you going to do? You're right there now. Go through the wall. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So is there just the one door? Yeah. Okay. So then I want Well, wanna... you can give me a, a luck roll that maybe there's another one. <laughs> Should Monroe give the luck roll, actually? <laughs> oh, he got it. I like the idea that Whitmire goes in. Breaks us against the door, and Andrews just walks through the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it isn't a back door. It's it's like they have um, a window on one side on the yeah. on the east side, so they can catch the morning light. I mean, you could get in that way. It's not it's not as easy as opening a door, but it is another opening. So, yeah, if he's gone in there and there isn't other ways out, I don't I don't need to chase him. So really, I look around for something to. You know, maybe put through the handle out. <laughs> You're gonna bar him in there <laughs> until it's until it passes, right? Right. Yeah. 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 That's that's pretty smart. It's better than trying to fight him. Yeah. You see, there's a a stump with the axe sitting in it. Yeah. You know, you so can just put that handle through and through the the door. Try yeah. to keep him from coming out. Okay. And then you know, but I'll be like, I'm I'm trying to help you, but you know, but I'll block him in there. And then at that point, I would just look around to see if anybody's looking. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're out of, you're not totally out of sight of where Detective Glover and Dr. Call and the other uh, townsperson was. But for them to make out any details would be pushing yeah. it. So they would just see figures around a woodshed, basically, in the distance. Uh, which, speaking of Detective Glover, so you have caught your breath by now. You do see. Dr. Andrews has stopped before a woodshed some some ways distant from you. All right. And Dr. Call's like, should we go over there? I don't. <laughs> That's quite a walk, and I'm sorely pressed from this as it is. No, we're going to have to stay here and explain to the sheriff what happened. Well, what did happen? We're just, I'm just going to go with the story that uh, it must have been an animal attack, because I didn't see anything. Did you? No. Let there you go. So he kneels to look oh, at yeah, the body, right. too. And he's like, this... Oh, yeah, that's what I'll say. Why don't you tell me, Doctor? <laughs> I man looks like he was hit with a big spear or something. The, the wound is almost perfectly smooth. That's very unusual. So he just kind of starts mumbling to himself about what he's seeing, you know, no heart. Yeah, so on and so forth. All right. Getting through it so far, Lance. <laughs> All right, so uh, your persona s struggles back to the surface, and you're in a woodshed with your shoulder against the door. Your hands are free now. There's something in your mouth still, and uh, you can kind of see through the, the slats of the woodshed. You see Dr. Andrews, you know, out there just keeping an eye on the door. Yeah, I'll, I'll call out to him. I don't know how long this will last. The last time it, I lost consciousness several times. I don't know what's going on. They're Just surfing. keep me in here. Don't, don't, don't let me near anyone. Yeah, Monroe, I was trying to sedate you, but uh, we couldn't catch you. Do I have time to like throw open the door? <laughs> Just hold out an arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you tried to throw open the door, but it's been barred from the other side, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll say yes. Sedate me. Sedate me. You know, open the door and jab him in, in the face with a needle. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> really? Like right in the cheek? No, I'll just... I'll give him the shot. Right. <laughs> okay, so you're both kind I'm of holding doctor. your breath there once you, you know, you plunge it in. 
and he's uh he's you know you're waiting too like just yeah. please put me to sleep or something yeah i'll say I, I'm, I'm starting to fade uh thank you <laughs> but there is one more round before it takes effect and the jack glover persona comes back to the fore so you know you, you uh you come back in you feel the sting on your shoulder or wherever the needle went in still the the fading lingering one and this dr andrews who you, you have only well you've been, you know palled around with him for like a day basically kind of yeah. figured out what you were going to do about this but uh <laughs> yeah so all right so uh and you're in a woodshed <laughs> is there do, do i see any sort of physical indication that this the changes take probably you could see. give me a hard psychology role. They're pretty subtle changes that occur to posture, things like that. Maybe not so much with Glover, because that eye yeah. will squint. The eye squints yeah. and the shoulders stoop. So we'll just go with regular in that case. But uh, it's it's not the Oh, I think you got it. Right? Uh, thirty six. Oh. Yeah, I would have it was thirty six. All right. You could get it with one luck. You can't spend it because of the oh, curse. That's right. You can push it. The downside being that you would take the read for something else, right? You know. Yeah. It, no. Okay. Um, yeah. So you just don't pick up on that. After all, you were in a foot chase. You know? Yeah. Uh, your heart's thumping. Adrenaline's going a little bit. But yeah. So anyhow, Glover, there you are. Yeah, I'll uh, kind of uh, you know uh, make a show. Was all a ploy, huh? And I'll reach for my gun, like, you know, who sent you? <laughs> he pulls out a flyer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be like, so who sent you? are like, I'll just, you know, be holding up my hands. Be like, no. When I'm he talks, you do pick up the pattern of speech. I don't know if you'd necessarily be like, this is like Glover, because it's I still... want to hear Justin try it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Come on. Oh, I don't think. I, yeah. I would need to practice before I. Well, it's even better, because Monroe so, really. Uh, it was all a point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's Monroe's voice, but it's it has a, a slight different sound to it. So since yeah. you didn't pick up on the psychology, we'll say you won't immediately think of Detective Glover, but he sounds different than Monroe normally does. Right. So there's a different. Yeah, personality. Be like, I'm just trying to help you. I don't mean you any harm. I'll squint at him. You're feeling the wooziness from the sedative start coming over. Do you. I remember that I've been sedated or just the... Uh, could... You know, that's what he had planned to do when you mm. first came in. You're, you were in this field, you know, that's what they wanted to do. But you don't know how it got to this point. What'd you do to me? Just some vitamin C. <laughs> vitamin <laughs> Cocaine. Some penicillin. He gave you cocaine. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, he starts slumping down and you yeah, help him. I'll try to catch know. him. Make I'll sure try to, like, sleepily. <laughs> yeah. Kind of Some like half hearted push pushing yeah. away. <laughs> but then Monroe seems to be unconscious. And uh, we'll give, we'll jump over to the real Whitmire one more time as you're waiting in your safe house. And uh, Robbie walks in and he says, We got him. They're bringing them here now, boss. Mm -hmm. And we'll call it a session there. Thanks for playing, guys. Yeah, Thank you, you, man. That was good. Yeah. That was fun. Everyone getting a chance to be Lance is... <laughs> okay. Uh, so do we get to take over uh, parts of John's crew?
This has been a Death Watch production. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.